Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We've been in a series in 1 Corinthians for uh, several months, and we're ending it today. Uh, and next week we start a new series, and I t- I've entitled it Intentional. Say intentional with me. Intentional. And we live in a society filled with distraction and confusion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah? And it's crippled many people. We're seeing many people being crippled by that, including our children and our youth. And we need, and I started just praying about what do we need to walk into in a new series. And the Lord just I felt spoke to me just says, we need to be more intentional as the church. We need to be more intentional as families who are serving Christ. So many times we allow other things to make the choices for us. Guess what? We need to start making our choices by the power of God's word. Amen? We need to be intentional. It's important because our kids will follow, catch this, our kids will follow what they believe. If they believe in the world's truth, more than God's truth, then that's what they will follow. You must live intentional lives that will demonstrate God's truth firsthand. We can't just live idle words. We can't expect others to trust in God if we don't trust in God. We can't expect our kids to go to church if we don't go to church. We can't expect our kids to pray and read the Bible and to trust God's word if we don't pray and read the Bible and trust God's word. Making intentional choices aligns us as Christians. It aligns us to the purpose and the, and the desire of God's will for our lives. A statement that I read and I keep hearing over and over in my head, and it's just so true, you know, change your habits, change your life. Change your habits, change your life. And that's kind of what the whole idea of this series is intentional. I want as a church body to become more intentional for this one purpose, so that we can grow closer to the Lord and that we can be a brighter light to those that are around us. Amen? So come join us next week. It starts next week, a new series. We'd love for you to be a part of it. It's going to be part of our life group as well as we get together with life groups and discuss that series. Today we conclude uh, our series in 1 Corinthians. I'm going to forego the last chapter Chapter 16, I don't, I don't want to hear a lot of, oh. It's Paul's conclusion to his letter. But I'll give you a short summary uh, of chapter 16, where Paul encourages, if you remember, the church in Corinth was going to give an offering to Jerusalem. And Paul writes in his letter that he just encourages to follow through with that offering. To make sure, because the church in Jerusalem was hurting They were financially struggling. They needed help. He says, follow through and bless that church in Jerusalem. And so that was one of the parts of chapter 16 that he shares. But then uh, in the middle of the chapter, there's a great verse that I just want to share with you, just kind of give you a a real quick summary of chapter 16. And I think this is a life verse. And when I say life verse, there's some scriptures in the Bible that you you can just say, I'm going to make that my life verse. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to watch what God does in my life. And this is one of those life verses, I think, that could just be powerful for all of us. And it says, uh, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. And do everything with love. What a powerful verse 
for us to remember that if we do these things, because Paul was challenging the church in Corinth, do these things, watch what will happen in your life. Um, we're going to conclude today our series, 1 Corinthians, by looking at chapter 15. And so if you have your Bibles here today or your devices that you read your Bible on, I know it's, I can tell it's the first Sunday of football, um, but um, if you have your devices, uh, you know, don't give in to the temptation to look at the football, but open up your, your Bibles and stay at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. As Paul has come into the end of his letter, there seems to be some question in the church if the Christians would really be raised from the dead. Do they, do, does the church in Corinth believe in the resurrection? Let me ask you this question. Do you believe in the resurrection? Let's begin by reading verses 1 through 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul writes, Let me now re remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believed something that was never true in the first place. He's just asking, are you guys wavering in your faith? I passed on to you what was most important and what had been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins. I love that song, Living Hope, that we just sang. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. Let's open up in prayer today. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is powerful, it is effective, and it changes our lives. We invite the power of your spirit, Lord God, and we ask that your word would come alive to each and every one of us today. Change us, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul's reminding the Corinthian believers about the message that he preached when he first arrived in Corinth and how the gospel is dependent upon the resurrection of Jesus. And it's a reminder <clears throat> to us that the resurrection of Christ is a foundational, is, it is a foundational um, uh, um, item in our lives for our Christian faith. Without the resurrection of Jesus, our faith has no power. It is useless. It appears that some in, of the Corinthians were not believing the gospel that Paul preached in its entirety. From verses 5 through 11, Paul gives the, res, the Corinthians the historical evidence of the resurrection. He says, you can actually go and see these people. These are people that actually saw Christ after he resurrected. We can't because we live in a different age. In Paul's day, guess what? Peter was still alive. He saw Jesus firsthand after the resurrection. The church in Corinth was, some of the believers were not believing in the resurrection. We're going to read a lot of verses today, a lot of scripture. Just hold on with me today. In verses 12 through 14, we see Paul's question to them. But tell me this. Since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection from the dead? For if there is no resurrection from the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all the, our preaching is useless and our faith is useless. See, one of the foundations of the Christian faith is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If God couldn't resurrect Jesus, how, how could he resurrect us? If you don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus, then Jesus is a fraud. Pastor Tom, you can't say that in church. It's true. 
if we don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus, if we don't believe in the resurrection, period, Jesus is a fraud. Because Jesus told the woman of the well, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Jesus told Nicodemus, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Eternal life. Jesus told the crowds who had gathered around him in John chapter 6, verse 40, for this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. See, Jesus taught the resurrection. He taught that he would die as a sacrifice for our sins, but he would be resurrected on the third day. He taught that we would one day be resurrected with him. So if we don't believe in the resurrection, then why are we doing what we're doing? That's what Paul is telling the church in Corinth. And if we don't believe in the resurrection, then how do we believe in any of his teachings? How do we believe at all? Think about this. If God doesn't have the power to raise us from the dead, then how do you even believe in creation? We might as well believe we're all just accidents of evolution. And if we are accidents, then guess what? If we're accidents of evolution, then we really have no purpose. And if we weren't created with purpose, then there's no real reason to have any moral standard. If there's no purpose for our lives, we might as well live like the animals, survival of the fittest, the stronger destroys the weaker, without any idea of guilt, without any thought of guilt. Throughout history, there have been many godless societies of cultures who worship false gods who are not worthy of the faith. If our God, Yahweh, the great I Am, does not have the power to raise Jesus from the dead, then he is no different from any of the other false gods throughout history. Pastor Tom, why are you going this way? Because I want to solidify that we don't just serve any God. See, Paul is reminding the Corinthians that they don't serve just one of these many gods that they serve in Corinth. This is the one true God who controls power over life and death. Listen to Paul's declaration of the resurrection starting at verse 20. He says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, he's talking about Adam, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. We're talking about Jesus. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. He's the first of of the fruits then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. Do you guys know that there's going to be a day of resurrection for each and every one of us who believes in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior? Come on. See, Paul is showing the importance of the resurrection. Without the resurrection, the promises that Jesus made would be impossible to complete. Mankind was never created for the purpose of death. We were created to be in relationship with God for all of eternity. That's why we were created. But because of Adam's sin, what happened? Death entered into the world because of Adam's sin. Now, let me share a thought, and you're going to have to come with me on this thought. Many see death as a horrific punishment of our sins. 
But I believe death is more than just a punishment. Death gives the opportunity for the creation of mankind to be reset. Some of you are going with me. Some maybe haven't. And let, let me just explain. If death wouldn't have been the punishment for our sins, man forever, for all, for all of eternity, man would be, for however long this earth will last, man would be stuck in their sins. There would be no hope. We talked about living hope. We just sang about living hope. We would be stuck in our sin if there was no death. But through our faith in believing that Jesus died for our sins and was also resurrected as a sign of God's power that is in us, guess what? Jesus overcame death through his death on the cross. All of a sudden, a sinless man, his name is Jesus, the Son of God, came onto the cross. He died for our sins. And through his death, we are given life. We have a living hope. If that would have never happened, we would have forever been stuck in our sin. Yes, death came through the sin of Adam, but life comes through the resurrection of Jesus. It was a sinless death of Jesus that paid the price for our sins. And Jesus' resurrection is the beginning of what is to come. Do you know as believers, we will, and I just want to give you just a kind of glimpse. I'm just praying about this message. I want to give you a glimpse of our future, guys. As believers, do you know we will experience what Adam experienced in creation? The tree of life? Do you know what the tree of life will be? One day we're going to actually be able to experience the tree of life. It's found in heaven. Let me read the very last chapter. I told you I'm reading a lot of scripture today, but I'm not going to apologize for that at all. But let me read the very last chapter of Revelation, the last chapter of the book, of the Bible. Revelation chapter 22. John writes, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. There's a main street in heaven, guys. Come on, somebody. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves are the tree are, are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any more curse. There'll be no more sin, guys, in heaven. The throne of God and the Lamb will be the, in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. There, some of you get, didn't know that you were going to get a tattoo, but you are. It's going to say, Jesus. There'll be no more night. They will not need the light of lamp, a lamp or a light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever and ever. Amen. Come on, somebody. What a wonderful glimpse into the promise that we have in Jesus. Paul was reestablishing this important truth of Jesus' resurrection for the believers in Corinth because some of them had stopped believing in the resurrection. But without the resurrection, we have no hope. Paul writes in verse 32, and what value was there in fighting the wild beasts? And he's talking about his experience in Ephesus as he's planting this church, those people of Ephesus. If there will be no resurrection from the dead, and if there is no resurrection, let's feast and drink for tomorrow we die. Meaning there's no hope beyond this life if there is no resurrection. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking about our society today, our culture. It's no wonder why so many people live without hope. 
If they don't have Jesus, there is no living hope. Why do people live so carelessly in this life, acting like there's nothing? Because they have nothing after this life. They have no hope after this life. They live only for today. They invest everything for their success in today's world with no concern for tomorrow. We don't do that, guys. We have a hope in Jesus. I believe in the resurrection. There is a tomorrow for me. That tomorrow is all of eternity. Paul in verse 33 writes, Don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. And Paul is referring to the people in Corinth who don't believe in life after death. Why would they care about their actions in this world if there is nothing beyond this world? Listen to verse 34. Think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. I don't know why that hit me hard, but that just hit me hard. Think carefully about the life that you're living today because it's just a glimpse of tomorrow. Stop sinning. Because guess what? If you really want to have an experience with God in heaven, not that we're not going to sin, not that we don't have the grace of God and the forgiveness for our sins, but let's not just live in sin. For to your shame, I say that some of you don't know God at all. Paul just puts a plane. Paul loves just to, bam, just hits you right between the eyes. Tough words. Paul's right. If we believe in the resurrection, if we believe in life after death, then we must believe, we must live life differently than this world. Why? Because we have a greater hope than this world. And our desire must be to to share that hope with everyone that we know. It's why our vision statement is creating environments to see what God can do through others, through you, through me. Let's share that hope. Today we will conclude with another question that Paul answers. But this question doesn't come from the letter that the church sent from Corinth to Paul. If you remember, as we've been going through this series, Paul's responding to a letter that was from Corinth to him. But this question is one that Paul uh, creates because he knows that the the people of Corinth are going to ask this question. So it's a question that uh, I've been asked. How will our bodies be resurrected? Have you ever wondered about that? How's that going to actually take place? I've had people ask me about cremation. Pastor Tom, can I, because if I'm cremated, well, God doesn't have anything to work with to resurrect me. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Doesn't God need a body to resurrect? Let's talk about that for a moment. Paul writes, he says in verses, starting verse 36, he says, when you put a seed into the ground, It doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. And what you put into the ground is not the plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting. Then God gives it the new body he wants it to have. A different plant grows from each kind of seed. And skipping down to verse 42. It is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die. But they will be raised to live forever. Say forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they'll be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. When we are resurrected, we will not have the same human bodies that we have here on earth. 
We will have a heavenly body. We will have a spiritual body. We don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but we know that we know they will still be in the image of God, our new spiritual bodies. So there is no need to worry about these physical bodies. Take good care of your body. It's important that you take good care of your body. But don't worry that, man, what happens to my body after my death? It doesn't matter. If God, create the first, if God could create the first man from the dirt, he can recreate you. Amen? In every way. He'll be perfect in every way. My father-in-law, Johnny, Pastor Johnny here, I remember growing up, he used to always make this statement. It never has left me. He said that his new body, when he gets to heaven, I don't know if you know this, but you can actually put a request in for what your new body's going to look like. <laughs> so he's put, this new re- he's put this request in already. He's already told me, he said, I'm going to be just a few inches taller than you, Tom. <laughs> I'm going to look like Tom Selleck in his prime. What's really selfish is that he's already put his order in for Elaine as well. So he's already marked it all down. (laughs) There's no need to worry if this body is torn apart or destroyed. This is just our physical body that's been given us as a temporary body for this earth. There's a new spiritual body, a heavenly body that God is going to give us. Listen to these final words that Paul writes about the resurrection. Starting at verse 50, he says, What I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. How could these bodies inherit what's going to be, that's never going to disappear? But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, When the last trumpet is blown, for when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever, and we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Have you thought about that thought? We might never die. If we are caught up in the rapture, I mean, generation after generation is hoping, are we the generation? But what happens if we are? That we would not die, but be transformed. What does that feel like? I was thinking about that. What would that feel like where all of a sudden I'm just transformed into this new spiritual heavenly body? I don't know. I'm just telling you, get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Stop sinning. Be ready. Be ready. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going back to my old days of the 70s when they used to show those scary movies. God's grace covers each and every one of us if you love Jesus, if you put your faith in him. Paul writes these words. When our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture is fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? At that moment, sin and death will have been officially defeated forever and ever and ever. What a wonderful hope we have in Jesus. He is our living hope. Paul ends this portion of his letter with his final appeal. He says, so dear, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. 
Nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Paul's statement has an amazing thought. I believe many times in our lives when we, do, when we live our lives, so many times I don't know that we really understand the impact that we are having on others. Sometimes I don't even know that we think that our lives really matter in all of eternity. But if you are a believer, if you are a follower of Christ, may I tell you that your life matters? Paul states that all we, that all we do for the Lord is useful. It means that when we choose to serve one another at school, at work, at home, wherever we might be, when we choose to sacrifice, when we choose to give, when we choose to serve one another, it is useful in God's kingdom. Never underestimate your influence on others. We all have influence. We can all make a difference. In fact, we're going to talk about that in our grow class, make a difference. It's important to remember we're not living an earthly life that is limited to just a few years. We are living a life that is destined for all of eternity. Have you thought about that? Our life does not stop here at 80, 90, 100 years old. Whatever we are blessed with on this, if you are a believer of Christ, you live for all of eternity. So let's work enthusiastically for the Lord. Jesus is calling you right now. There you are. He has your number. I'm telling you right now. He has your number. He knows who you are. And he wants to have fellowship with you for all of eternity. Why would you want to miss out on that? Why? Man, I wish all the phones would have rang at the same time. Wouldn't that have been amazing? All of a sudden... Jesus is calling all of us, man. It's time. All of a sudden, woo, our bodies are transformed. It's like, hey, I just want to give you a heads up. I'm coming. Woo. There's not going to be a phone call. It's in a blinking of an eye. It's going to happen quickly. But I just encourage you. Man, you have so, so much as a believer of Christ to look what you can look forward to. And I think in the church of Corinth, they started losing their hope. They started losing that living hope. They stopped, they stopped believing the resurrection of Christ. They stopped believing that they would be resurrected. When we stop believing the foundational of the, of the Christian faith, guess what? We stop understanding what we're truly living for. We've got to have that living hope in our lives. The resurrection, as Paul is stating, is so important to each and every one of us. Because one day, we will spend all eternity with Jesus. Any question that you have, whoo. It'll be answered like that. I just believe that all of a sudden, we're just going to know what God wants us to know in our hearts and in our lives. Will you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for having that you inspired the Apostle Paul to write these words. Not only for the church of Corinth that 2,000 years ago, but for us as a church at South Coast Christian in San Juan Capistrano. That we would understand, that we would realize that we don't just live for today. But God, we live for eternity. And Lord, we put our hope and our trust in you. Knowing, God, that all that we do, everything that we do, the way that we serve you, Lord God, wherever we might be at, the way that we love, the way that we forgive, the way that we give, 
one day we will see the rewards of that in heaven. And we are so grateful that we can serve you. Today, if you're here with me, you heard this word. and You're just now understanding the resurrection power of Jesus that he can take. And I'm so ready to give up this old life and start a new life fresh with God and in the sense of for all of eternity. But you can do that right now today. You can give up the old ways of your life and you can start fresh with God today in Jesus Christ. You can start your path to eternity today with just saying, Lord, I believe in you and I put my faith in you, Jesus. And if you're here today and you say, I want to make that commitment, Pastor Tom, because, man, my life has been a struggle and I want to be set free. I want to start following Jesus because, man, I want to make that choice of living for all of eternity. If that's you here today, just raise your hand real high. Just feel free to raise that. If you're watching this online, feel free to do so as well. I want everybody to repeat this prayer. I see that hand. I want everybody to repeat this prayer with me today. If you're online, repeat this prayer with us. Lord Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice for my sins. Today I choose to put my faith in you. I choose to follow you, Jesus. Forgive me my sins. Give me the power of your Holy Spirit. Help me to do what is right. I ask in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.